Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace, and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. We quote the verse, Zechariah 12.10. I will come, I will pour upon the house of David, what? Spirit of grace and supplication. What is supplication? Fervent prayer. Everyone say earnest prayer. Supplication is earnest prayer. And the last pillar of apostolic doctrine is now being threshed out. Threshed out. Right? The corn is being pounded out. And the apostles are now starting to give a more accurate biblical definition of accurate prayer. And I realize our emphasis thus far in our ESM series was of the Lord. You know why? You cannot pray from these two realms. You pray from an enlivened spirit. You pray from an, um, a, a spirit that's thoroughly aware. It's aware and knowing. It has a knowing because of the residence of the word of God in it. Thumb often says you can't. Prayer takes place beyond the veil. No flesh can go there. So you, the, the, there's two things that's going to happen in our local church. That's why this morning I said to you, you come to our services now. There's going to be two things that you must see. Well, four things. The four pillars of apostolic communities. Apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, or fellowship, breaking of bread, and, and prayers. Those four things will take place seamlessly, effortlessly, as we allow the Spirit to, to move. And in the times of prayer, like we had this morning, I really want to encourage you, pray with your whole heart. Pray from an enlivened spirit. Spirit of grace. Remember Anna the prophetess? Anna, everyone say Anna. Anna. I'm just thinking about this now. Anna the prophetess, Luke 2, 37, somewhere around there. Right? It says, And Anna the prophetess served God with fastings day and night in the temple. Remember she never left the temple? You know what Anna means? Like Hannah of old? Anna, the New Testament? Grace. Right? Anna, the Bible says, she served God with prayers and fastings. You cannot have grace and claim to have grace if you're not a person of prayer. An expression of grace would be prayer. And we're going to define what prayer is um, in the course of time. But you're locking into the purposes of the Lord. You see things in the earth out of sync with these purposes. And your spirit, like it says of Paul, when Paul came to Mars Hill, to the Athenians, what happened to Paul's spirit? His spirit was provoked with in him when he saw the city given over to, to idols. Everyone say provoked. And I really want to encourage you. David said this, Lord, when you said, seek my face. He writes in his psalm, he said, my heart said, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. David is saying, Lord, when you said, seek my face. He says, my heart says, or my spirit says, thy face, O Lord, will I, will I seek? And I really want to encourage you. A few isms ago, we spoke about the searching nature of the Spirit. The Spirit must always long and search after the things of God. Remember? Remember Isaiah, I think 53 somewhere, we read, when the Spirit searches, the soul longs. 
Right? So long as the spirit has a searching, seeking disposition, your soul will always long for God. Right? But if there's no inquiry in your spirit after God, the soul will not long for God. The longing of the soul is dependent upon the inquiring nature of your spirit after God. Right? So ask your neighbor, is there a spirit of grace and supplication in your spirit? Grace and supplication in your spirit. I want to discern you in the spirit, right? I want to discern you in the spirit. When I perceive of you in the spirit, I must know, yes, a person whose spirit is pregnant with grace. Why? Because they are pressed in with the word of the Lord. And when your spirit is word-saturated, grace-saturated, prayerful, praying after God's will, seeking Him earnestly, consistently, the principle of life. Everyone say life. Now this is the big thing for me about the spirit of man. Because 1 Corinthians 14 says this, the first Adam became a living soul. Adam operated from this dimension. But the last Adam, the second man, remember I said to you, Adam is the first Adam, Jesus is the last Adam. There's no second Adam. The last Adam. The first Adam is the first man. Jesus is the second man. Adam, the first Adam. So it says, in Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 14, 45 onwards, he says, the first Adam became, or devolved, the word is, became is to degenerate. He went from higher place to a lower place. The first Adam became, he dropped from spirit life and he dropped to be functioning from his, the realm of his soul. But it says the last Adam, the second man, the last Adam, Christ became what? A life-giving spirit, right? So the principle of life and not death must characterize your spirit. Now John says the son, John 5, the son gives life to whomever he will. You as a son, like Jesus the patent son, has got to have the capacity to give life. Tell your neighbor, I give life. I give life. Wherever you go, you have the capacity to transfer life. The Zoe life, eternal life, the divine life of God, resident within your spirit. Why were we focusing so long on the spirit and hearing with your spirit and allowing the word to pray, be pressed in with your spirit? For where we're going to in God, everyone in this house is going to need to have strong, strong spirits. Hmm? You know what the Bible says of Israel in the book of Numbers? You know why they fell? It says because their spirit was not steadfast with God. Their spirit was not steadfast. When David sinned, and please remember this, Ezekiel says, the soul that sins does what? It will, can we write it in a circle here? The soul that sins, it will die. Sin, carnality, the flesh, brings the principle of death to the, to the soul. But listen carefully. What does Isaiah 55 verse 3 say? It says, hear my soul and live. The soul must hear the word of God and live. We want to cancel. I'm putting a cross through here. We want to cancel the spirit or the principle of death 
that is so prone to be resident in the soul of men because of sin, carnality, spiritual death. In terms of what you think, your mind, your choices and decisions, your will, and your emotions, how you feel, the soul that sins is more prone to, to death in each of those areas. Spiritual death. Deuteronomy 11 verse 18 says the following. It says, these words of mine, everyone say words. These words, plurally. These words of mine, you shall impress them upon your soul. Right? Sum sim. Remember, it sounds like Chinese, eh? The, the Hebrew, sum sim, impressed. Right? It used, it's used, this word is used of Adam, when Adam was placed in the garden. The Lord placed him or impressed him, right? Adam's presence in the garden was designed to bring the garden to maximum productivity and blossoming. The word's presence or impression by your spirit, your spirit becomes pressed with the word. Your spirit impresses the word. It's like stamps it. You know the word? Even the natural, the word impress implies a kind of a stamping action where you make an imprint, right? Impress the same words upon your soul, and then it says that your soul might live. The principle of life, who wants to be a life-giving spirit? Come on. Who wants to get to the place where our sonship is markedly developed, mature, right? And you walk as like Jesus walked in his day. And you can say to a paralytic that they drop down from the roof, your sins are forgiven you. Please don't think I'm blasphemous. If I say to a sinner that walks in here, and one day you hear me say to a person, I forgive you in the name of the Lord. I act representative of the Lord, and I give you life in Jesus' name. I am a life-giving spirit. Come on, tell somebody, I'm a life-giving spirit. The only rivalry to that position, the only threat, rather, that's going to threaten that position is the principle of death in the soul. That's why it's so important. The soul that sins, it shall die. We have all sinned and we fall short of the glory of the Lord, right? The soul that sins, it shall die. So the principle of life must pulsate throughout us. In our flesh, listen carefully. The word must be in all parts of these components, all three parts, right? The word becomes flesh. In your body, you must live out the principles of the word. That's when the word becomes flesh. You become obedient by the principles. I want to quote to you again Proverbs 4 from verse 20 to 24. It says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your Ear, ear of the Spirit, incline your ear to my sayings. Let not them depart from out of your sight, your perspective, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Let not them depart from out of your sight, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all of their flesh. Everyone say divine health. They are health to all of their flesh. Right? Then the next verse says, keep your heart with all, keep your heart, your spirit, I believe, watch over it with all what? 
diligence, for out of it, put an arrow here. Okay, don't look like I'm tired here, but I want to illustrate the point. For out of it, keep this, watch over this, keep the word there. It's going to bring life, it's going to bring health to your flesh. For out from it, the word in the Hebrew is the exodus or the exit from it. Out of it, flow what? The issues of life, the springs of life. And I said to you, it refers both to anything that, that comes out, and it also refers to the demarcation of a specific sphere of influence. So your sphere of influence in life, listen carefully, issues that fall forth from out of your spirit, the, 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 accu- the accuracy thereof, the, 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 the purity thereof, for me now, recently, the capacity thereof, or the intensity thereof. Everyone do this again. Right, so what we're doing, I'm saying, God, I want my spirit capacity to be so great. Right? So great. Uh, if we pour a huge jug of water in a glass of water, right, and you say the glass is full, but there's still more to be poured, but the glass has reached maximum capacity. I want to say this prophetically to all of us. I really believe God in the season is about to stretch our spirit capacity. I'm saying, God, um, will, can God come to you and say, uh, let me use Mark. Mark, can I burden you with the things that burden me now? Or if I press upon you in your spirit via my word, be it the word of the Lord, prophecy, whichever, if I load your spirit with everything that burdens me now, will you be able to bear it? Hmm? What is God's view right now on Ghana? What is, what is God thinking about the happenings in Egypt right now? What is God's view on the fact that a popular speaker, just read this this morning, has invited Oprah Winfrey to speak at his mega fest? What is God's view on these things? And there's global events taking place. Now, you know, Oprah's new age, new ager has denounced that Jesus is the way. Right? And, you know, there's like, when, when you think of your, yourself and your problems, your world, what concerns you? There's little things that are concerned you this coming week. Now you jump into God's mind. Oops. Now God's, God must contend with not just your private personal problems. You're trusting God for a hundred rand for bus fare. Is that God mustn't just worry about that. God is concerned with macro global events. And your needs are like child's play in the, in the light of what God has got to contend with in the macro view of things. And God is saying to us, lift up the capacity of your spirit out from the immediacy of your private world. If you're going to be my son and be used not just for private domestic influence. Yeah, God is saying this to me. Randolph, I need to lift your impact above this local house. Right? And I need you to develop a skill in the spirit. Your people might have a problem and you will always be there to address it. But are you able to come out higher and address issues that pain me right now. That I can't download to you 
because of the inability of your own spirit capacity to endure it. Do you know the heart of God can grieve? Now, if God must burden you with his grief, some of us will crash in our souls. Because our minds, our will, our, even our feelings might not be able to bear how, how God is feeling. Hmm? Samuel is praying for King Saul after God rejects him. Remember? Praying forever for this, for this King Saul. God comes to him and said, why are you praying for him, seeing that I have rejected him as king? In that context, Samuel's prayers were inaccurate. It did not mirror how God felt about King Saul in his day. Right? Can you see where we're going? I want you to develop such an acute, uh, acutely aware spirit. Right? That the knowing within you has got to elevate. But for that to happen, consistently be exposed to the pressing in into your spirit by the word of the Lord, through the Holy Spirit. Grace will come in. You'll, you'll be, your prayer life will go to another level where God can burden you with the things that burden Him. Right? And when you prioritize God's agenda, God will prioritize your agenda. Hmm? You can say, God, I have a host of needs now, but what is on your heart? Really? For, and please don't know, go, go, go for a nation immediately. Some of us are not there. We, we, we're encouraging nation consciousness in our corporate worship right now. And pray for, for, for nations that are reeling. Okay? And even in that context, we must not pray against God's will. Because there are some things that are of the doings of the, of the Lord. So we must be very careful how we pray in that context. I know Egypt has been in our hearts um, for, for, for my, my personal heart recently and you know even a year or two ago that wouldn't have phased me something major could be happening there and i wouldn't think twice of it i would be only focused on my domestic needs or maybe the church corporate needs and yeah. i'm fine with that let that be the focus of my entire devotion to god but remember um what mike said to us there will be irrigation streams flowing from this house upwards into africa remember and like little canals and I really believe it's going to reach Egypt. It's going to reach Egypt. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you with that. Uh, quickly, I know this is like summary. I haven't got into the study yet. Listen carefully. How does the principle of life flow out from your spirit? Proverbs 18. Life and death are where? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I put your eyes, ears, mouth. What's this? touch i think and nose okay all the senses the five senses of the, of the body through which the soul now remember the soul is native to the earth the spirit is native to the to the heavens spirit native to the heavens soul you're on the earth and your soul gives your body legitimate expression in the earth right these three dimensions spirit soul and body paul prayed it must be preserved complete and without blame now i'm telling you i can't explain this but i'm seeing this in my life more and more especially when i counsel people um it and and we talk god's word to a person god's way to a person i'm no more i'm no longer suggesting a thing i'll offer counsel and advice 
And even though I might say, I advise you, in my mind, it's, I insist upon this reality. But those words are coming through my, through my mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What does Colossians say? Let your speech be with grace in your speech. Let your speech be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you might know how to speak a word to the hearers, edification to the hearers, right? Isaiah says this, the Lord God has given me the tongue, Isaiah 50 verse 4, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I might know how to speak a word to him that is weary, right? The Lord God awakened my ear, he says, to listen. He awakened my ear to listen. You can't have an accurate word to the weary if you don't develop a listening ear to hear, right? And then he says, and I was not obedient. Disobedient, sorry. I was not disobedient. So, quickly, what we did on, on, on um, Wednesday, we started the next sort of focus in, our, in, in this particular series. I've entitled it, The Prosperity of the Soul. Everyone say soul prosperity. Soul prosperity. Tell your neighbor, I'm not a soul man. Please don't sing that song. I'm a soul man. You'd rather sing, I'm a spirit man. And they ask you for an explanation. You say, no, Adam wrote that song, the first one in the garden. I'm a soul man. He said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a living soul. But the second Adam, uh, the last Adam, sorry, the second man, Christ Jesus, um, was a life-giving spirit. Amen. Some of you must write a song with life-giving spirit in it. I'm a life-giving spirit. Uh, Kimberly um, Governor wrote an excellent song I heard for the first time on Thursday at their dialogues. Awake, spirit, awake. Dr. S- Dr. Segi's daughter, Kimberly, she studied music as well, wrote a beautiful, authoritative, commanding song. But it, and when uh, we were singing it, I looked at these words. It was so, so powerful. Must learn it so we can teach you. That's going to be our theme song for a few weeks. Right? It's an assertion to command your soul to wake up and live. Right? Right? Brilliantly written as well. And so I really want to encourage you. We, we, we are stressing in this season now the prosperity of the, of the soul. And I don't want to go over what we did on Wednesday for the sake of time. Make a few statements and then I want to proceed um, to, to something else here. Um, make a few statements first. Listen carefully. Third John 2 says this, Beloved, this is addressed to sons of God, I pray that your, let's just read this carefully, Third John, verse 2 and to 4, to the bottom of page 2. Beloved, I pray that in all respects, everyone say all respects, all respects that you may prosper and be in good health. So in that verse, there's a desire that John has for us to prosper and to live in divine health. But he, he gives this like a rider there. He says, just as your, your soul prospers. So, total prosperity. You can write the words. I love the phrase total prosperity. It's now my new favorite phrase in the series. Because he said prosper in all respects. All respects means every literal 
expression of prosperity, you must have every. Everyone say every. And I'm telling you, we're starting to see this. There's a level of even financial abundance coming to the house. Do you believe that? There's a level of abundance coming to the house. And he says this, listen carefully in verse 3. I was very glad when the brethren came and they testified to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than to hear of this. To hear my children walking in truth. On page 3 I define the Greek word for prosperity used in this portion. The word is yodu, and it literally means to help on the road, to succeed in reaching, figuratively to succeed in business, and then to have a prosperous journey. So all indications, if you study this verse or this word, using various Greek dictionaries, you're going to come to this conclusion. Let's say you're moving from point A to point B on a, on a journey. The idea of yodu in prosperous or prosperity in this verse literally means the embarking upon some process. You're moving toward a point. And while in process, while in journeying, you're experiencing help. Everyone say help. It says the first meaning help on the road. So there's like, if I use like arrows here, as, as you go, I'm just draw three of you, same person moving. As you go, you get this divine help. For us, for me, that's grace. Everyone say grace. Um, the Bible says this, come boldly to the throne of grace to find what? Help in times of our need. And that grace comes in your spirit through the word. We discussed that. To get you help on the road so that you succeed in reaching. So your departure and your, your destination are not the same. Okay, destination. You were successful in reaching a predetermined outcome, in other words. You, you are prosperous in your journey. You've reached your goal or your destination. Let's read it there, John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So what he's saying is, beloved, I pray that you would, as you embark upon your process, listen carefully to my interpretation, as you embark upon your process of obedience, that you will reach its logical determined or its logically determined outcome by God. The idea of prosperity is simply to reach a goal. It's to reach a predetermined outcome. Now, all of the, the Greek scholars say they use a figurative uh, meaning of this word, yodu, which means successful in business. Because the idea of business has a goal, and you reach that goal, right? And so, I declare upon all of you that you will be prosperous in the name of the Lord. I declare on you that you will all reach the God-determined goal that He has for your life. It is instead of you, Gail is prosperous because Gail left deliberately. Prosperity is about leaving where you are 
and going to where God wants you to be. Right? So tell your neighbor, leave your present environment. Now please, don't just say this. I'm not encouraging you to, to talk to each other. I mean, can't beyond that now to, to just encourage like a nice sense in the meeting. These encouragements must now take on prophetic import. Amen? So when you prophesy, you say you, you want to speak. Because from now on, listen carefully, from now on, every utterance, every utterance from your mouth must be grace. Imbued with truth from the word revelation, that hits your mouth. Your mouth becomes the expressor of life. Your mouth becomes the gateway through which that which is in your spirit finds X is expression. Remember what Job said to one of his friends? He says, you spoke to me, but whose spirit came through you when you spoke? Right? You got the reference in the previous. Right? You spoke, but whose spirit? Your communication is a communication of? That's why Jesus said, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So assert to your neighbor, say, from now on, I only speak life. Also, I want to encourage you, don't doubt, because the element of doubt, uh, who alluded to it? I think uh, Chris alluded to it. The element of doubt creeps in. Faithlessness and unbelief creeping here in the realm of of the soul. So at times you assert a reality in your spirit, and you, you express with your mouth the will of the Lord. I am rich, I am prosperous. The reality, naturally, is that you might be in great need. But the rea- your reality must not be taken from your experience. Your reality must be taken from the truth of the word. Say that again. Let me say it differently. Do not adjust a biblical truth to accommodate your reality. And you twist the, 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 the scriptures because you, in your actual experience, do not manifest that which the word is telling you. Hey? So, in fact, if we all did this, you know, a doctrine will be developed. Then doctrine will be developed based upon what people are experiencing and not based upon what God said and predetermined for your life. Right? I don't know why, even as I drew this, I saw myself... Right? I'm leaving my point of departure. And I want to encourage you, whatever this means for you prophetically, I hear the Lord saying, take up your bed, stand up and go. Walk. Don't, don't use that excuse of lameness and inability to make progress in the thing you're trusting God for. Like Chris said, sometimes do even something physical in the natural. First the natural, then the to assert... The, the seriousness in your spirit. Right? Please, if you are not yet accommodative and accepting of the truth of prosperity in all of its expressions, it will never come to you. I want to say this again. Dr. Tryon said it here earlier. That which you push away will not come to you. That which you embrace will come to you. If, for example, here's a, a classic, just a simple example. Your soul has got a mind. So does your spirit have a mind. Hey? Your soul has got a, a mind. 
Your mind includes your thinking and your understanding. If I say to a brother, it is God's will for you to prosper materially. It is God's will for you to prosper financially. If that person in the mind of their soul says this to me, I don't believe it's God's will for me to prosper. I don't believe that prosperity is biblical and it's part of the inheritance of God's sons. Well, if you reject it in your mind, you only are going to prosper as your soul prospers. So if that thinking is in the mind of your soul, guess what? Whatever is in your thought life will be in your reality. So if you reject it here, you will never embrace it here. right? So you've got to, one of the things, listen carefully, that I really believe we need to work consistently at, is the scarring, I love this, this term Sean Blicknow taught me, the scarring of the mind with truth. Scar your mind with truth so that it's indelibly imprinted and can never ever be challenged. Hmm? You might not delight in prosperity. And I don't think you're right in your mind if you don't. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be prosperous? Which, which sane thinking person doesn't want to be prosperous? In all expressions of prosperity. Not just financially. I'll talk about the expression shortly. Because hmm? he said not, not just financially. He said in all respects. Right? In all respects. Right? You know what the Bible says? For the Lord delights in the, the prosperity of his servant. If you don't delight, well at least God does. <laughs> Who are you here has a problem with Randolph Barnwell being rich? Who has a problem here? Let me see your hand. Pray for you quickly. Who has a problem with your set man being rich? Anybody? Right? I simply quote the verse to you. You might not delight in it. You might not want to see it. But guess what? God delights in the prosperity of his servants. And I say this to you. Financial prosperity is not for self-indulgence. If you're going to get it, you're going to have to get it knowing its purpose. Right? And the purpose is to finance Kingdom initiatives in the earth. More about that later. Tell someone that's a forthcoming attraction. Right? Um, you know, I've said this, but this truth is fast becoming uh, an immovable uh, principle of thought in my, in my mind. That all forms of prosperity are, will flow out from and therefore become indicative of the prosperity of your soul. Because he said, you prosper as your soul prospers. Right? So you'll never, the, the, the degree of output prosperity will always de be dependent upon inward prosperity of the soul. And let me just say this to you. That's why the renewing of the soul for us in this context is so vitally, vitally important. Renee, a few weeks ago, I wasn't here, I was abroad, but she released a word on about sustaining increase or something, the capacity to, to receive and hold harvest or sustain harvest. A preparation for your next level of, of, of breakthrough. Remember? And in the notes, um, it was something about David versus Solomon. David went through a host of processes by which God prepared him. Challenges which he overcome, renewed his soul eventually, and he came into wealth. 
However, his son to whom the wealth was uh, bequeathed, Solomon comes in like no struggle, like not one ounce of warfare. Yes, in. And guess what? He came in to steward everything David accumulated through a process that God put him through. But Solomon came in, in a sense, untrained. And he could not sustain the blessing of the Lord. In fact, when he came into wealth, he's, he started to marry foreign women. Right? And you cannot steward great measures of prosperity with a weak soul. Because the moment of your breakthrough can become the start of your breakdown. And I pray because I see it in my, in, 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 in my, in my spirit that this congregation is going to be very, very wealthy. The, verse, the, the word that Sean gave us a few years ago, the code, the pin code over this house is wealth. Amen? You sound very excited. <laughs> and you know what we're doing? We're purely painting and, and, and laboring in what kind of people is it going to take to steward this kind of wealth? What kind of people? God will never give us prosperity to the degree that He wants to if in the area of thoughts and understanding, the mind, the will, decisions and choices, and the emotions, how we feel, are not completely off on the path to progressive restoration, at least. Right? Because you prosper as your soul prospers. Uh, quickly over, over the page. We said on the bottom of page 3 that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with men. In stature, it was physical and material prosperity. Dr. Segi calls this physiological prosperity. Favor with God, that's spiritual prosperity. Favor with men, social or relational prosperity. Uh, it's no use being rich and having no friends. <laughs> you must prosper in your relationships. Amen? In all relationships. That's a key for this house. I'm going to spend two whole sessions just talking about that aspect. Right? We're going to prosper as we prosper relationally. I'll say this again to you. You're going to prosper. I feel, you know, if you want to ask me of all of these, of all the steps, and there are many keys in the Bible toward prosperity, of all of them, which one for this house is the most significant? You must obey all. But I think for our house, our relationships is going to be the key that's going to turn the tide. Our relationships, not just one to the other. Um, on, on Wednesday, I went through a whole list of items of, of various relationships in which you must prosper. Please do a checklist. Go over those, those things. They're in your notes. Check how am I in each of these areas. Okay? Um, in all of your relationships, have the, the will of the Lord done. They're free from tension, free from bitterness, unforgiveness, etc., etc., just quickly, um, I know I'm speaking prophetically, I'm not following this note systematically, simply because of time. Um, if your soul includes your mind, your will, and your emotions, in other words, how you think, how you decide, and how you feel, and then if you prosper in life, you prosper and have divine health, because it says, I wish that you prosper in all respects and be in good health. 
even as your soul prospers, then what then is soul prosperity? I said this to you, if the soul includes the mind, the will, and the emotions, then the parts, not, not part of soul prosperity is when I think like God, decide like God, and feel like God. When my thinking, decisions, and feelings are like God, my soul is prospering. Hmm? My soul is prospering. And there were a host of other expressions of soul prosperity that we covered in the last lesson. Right? I want to encourage you to go there. I just feel just in the next 10 or so minutes, the bottom of page 5, I'm not sure if you've got the new notes, I'm not sure where this is, or the old note. I think it's, we're all in the bottom of page 5 where it says, All prosperity flows from hearing, meditating, and obeying the Word of God. Are we all there? Right, now this is very, very, very important, what we're going to say now, right? I spoke to you about physical prosperity, material prosperity, spiritual prosperity, relational prosperity, mental prosperity on Wednesday. All kinds of prosperity, no matter what you're talking about, no matter what, in any respect where you're moving towards a God-determined outcome, and you're on your process, whatever it is, with its finance, relationships, with its wisdom in your mind, the thinking process. You know what the Bible says about Solomon? The Lord gave him what? Breath of mind. Uh, Ertham will say that most, the average human being, is only using 3% of total brain capacity. Think about it. And those are the scientists and geniuses in the world today. Only using 3% of brain capacity. Right? I often think, what was Adam's IQ? Like before the fall. This man that God made. You know Adam could classify all the animals, all the plants, botany, zoology, all the classes, subspecies. He named everything. He even named Eve. Right? He was sleeping. He got up. He saw the species. He says, you, first, you know, he's so into naming things. First thing that comes out of his mouth, you shall be called. <laughs> because Adam is naturally a namer of things. Intelligent man. Right? He said, you shall be called womb man. The man with the womb. Ability to carry seed, have the fetus, bear kids. Right? You are bone of my bone, you are flesh of my flesh. Tell your neighbor, frame your world with your words. Frame your world with your words. The first thing Adam does, right? I mean, he could have said, Yo, check this out. When he saw Eve. What does the first thing he do? He does. He, by his utterance, gives definition to his world. And naming is not simply identifying. He calls a function into being. What he was doing, he's not marveling at Eve. He's activating her potential as a womb man. Female. The male with fetus. He saw this, and he saw it in the spirit, not in the flesh, he says, you're so much like me, but there's something vastly different. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I now categorize you. I activate your function. Woo man, in Jesus' name. Well, he didn't say Jesus' name. I'm just saying. Okay. Eh? So, I want to encourage you. Start prophesying to your world. What's your middle name? Told you this on Wednesday. What's your middle name? Prosperous. What's your middle name? Can't hear you. What's your middle name? 
This word for the next few weeks must become predominant in your mind. I, like John, would say to you, I wish, beloved, that we all prosper in every respect and be in good health, but just as our soul is prospering. Amen? Soul prosperity will determine every other expression of prosperity. I don't know where to go. There's so much to do. Let's just do Psalm 25. Okay? Verse 12. Who is the man? Remember Jules sent us this, I think was it Psalm 25? Verse 1 you said about the soul. Psalm 25 verse 1 says, uh, the psalmist says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Right? I want to encourage you. My new phrasing is this. Based on Psalm 25 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 45 says, I am a life-giving spirit, but I have a lifted up soul. The position of you in your soul. David said, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Right? So, soul lifted up is your position. Your character is life-giving spirit with a lifted up soul. And then later on in this verse, he says the following. Please, Psalm 25 is a powerful psalm to study. In reference to the soul. He said, who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should go. His soul will abide in prosperity. And his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. And he will make known to them his covenant. Amen. Your soul will abide. The word abide is interesting. It means fix a permanent state of dwelling. Not in and out. Your soul must be in permanent prosperity. But how does that come? Your soul prosperity comes when you hear the instruction of the Lord. Everyone say obedience. That's why obedience is so important. First Peter 1.22 Having purified your souls by obeying the truth. Every time you obey, you bring the soul up. You bring the soul pure. You bring the soul at a higher state of renewal. So, your soul abides in prosperity when it heeds the instructions of the Lord. Quickly, Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve me, they will spend their days in prosperity. Again, simple prosperity. I want to encourage all, especially the young people. You have your whole lives ahead of you. You're not like us that are 40-somethings. Some of us are 50-somethings. There are some of us here that are 60-somethings. Who's a 70-something here? Oh, Rita and my mom, my mom-in-law. 70-somethings. Who's in their 30s? You see your hands? Wave your hands. Okay. 20s? 20-somethings. Teens? <laughs> Most of you in your 20s and your teens. The best advice I could give you, teens and your 20s. You, you want a good life. You want a prosperous life. You want God to bless you in all you do. The greatest secret in the kingdom is simple obedience. You know, you just, oh, just do the right thing and do it consistently. That's all. Do the right thing, do it consistently. God will bless you with every form of prosperity. Right? Every indication of, of prosperity will be yours. Deuteronomy, next verse, 29 verse 9 says, Keep the words of this covenant and do them that you might prosper in all that you do. 
please hear me. This is a very important verse. Keep the words and do them that you might prosper in all that you do. The Hebrew word is sakal. It means to be circumspect, prosper here. Hence, intelligent, skillful, prudent, and wise. I'm going to pray for your minds in a moment. Who thinks that there are certain areas of discipline that are out of your scope, capacity mentally? That's like you say, I can never enroll for a science degree because, hey, hectic stuff to learn there. Jesus, help us. Huh? Or you, you, like, you declare yourself ineligible for a certain area of study because you know I don't have the brains for it. Hmm? You know what I'm even trusting God for? I'm saying, God, increase my, my mental capacity. I want what Adam had before the fall. Because even there's been a degeneration of mind or mental capacity. Right? And this, the reason why I'm saying this, say sakal. Hebrew sakal means to be circumspect, but it, the implication means to be intelligent. And I declare all of you intelligent in the name of the Lord. I declare that you are not doff and dumb. Alright? You're not da people. <laughs> you are the people. Eh? I declare that your mind is resourceful. I declare that your mind has got capacity that God has earmarked for it. Amen? Just lift up your hands to the Lord. I, declare, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. It's my desire for all of you. You know why there are certain things that God's going to lead us into? He's going to so press in our spirit. He's going to say, but I need your minds now to expand, to embrace the full parameters of what I'm leading you into. And if you're going to be a small thinker, if your mind is going to be passive, if you're going to be lazy mentally and not come up to what God is thinking like, you're going to abort the purposes of the Lord. This is not natural intelligence. This is something divine. The Bible says... God gave to Solomon breath of mind so that there was no, listen to me, there was no question he could not answer. Wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. wisdom. Lift up your hands and say, I receive the wisdom of the Lord. Come on, say it again. I receive intelligence from God. I receive divine intelligence. Now, put your hands down. More, Yes, I believe. Affirm this. Receive the impartation, but embark upon the process of it by consistently exposing yourself to the word and the obedience thereof, telling you, you will prosper. To be prudent and to be, to be wise. To be prudent and to be wise. To be prudent and to be wise. Last verse. Tell your neighbor, one for the road. Here we close. <laughs> I wish I had the whole afternoon, really. This, this topic is so passionate and it's burdening my spirit right now. Not in a bad way, but I want to I bring the whole house up to what I'm seeing in the spirit. Don't miss the next session. Let me leave this with you. We know Psalm 1 so well, eh? His delight, verse 2, is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he doth meditate day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which heals its fruit in his season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, what? Prospers. Now, a different word is used here than circumspect, intelligent, skillful, prudent, or wise. It's a double imperative. It is 
it is salah saliah, prosperous, right? Salah saliah or, or prosperous. And it literally means this. I just love this meaning. It means to push forward, to break out mightily, to go over and to be profitable. How's that for the description of you? You're going to be prosperous. You're going to push forward. I declare that you will push forward in the name of the Lord. I declare that you will break out mightily. I declare that you will go over. I declare that you will be profitable. When your delight is in the law, when the subject of your thinking, your meditation, will be the, the word of the Lord. When you observe to do all that is written therein, he makes God use the same word to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that I might observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou wilt make thy way Salasalia. Tell your neighbor Salasalia. Not Salasalaikum, Salasalia. <laughs> Tell your neighbor I'm a Salasalia person. It's like I'm going to be, what, what you are saying is this. You're saying I'm going to push forward. I'm going to break out mightily. I'm going to go over and I am going to be profitable. But don't just get happy about the assertion. Do the process. The book mustn't depart out of your mouth. Meditate therein day and night. And then obedience. Do all that is written therein. You make your way prosperous. Right? In my note, I just wrote here, three terms come to my mind when I, when I see the phrases like, push forward, break out mightily, go over. Break forth, break out, break through. Break forth, break out, break through. And I declare this over us. You're going to break forth in Jesus' name. You're going to break through the impasse, the impediment, the wall that seems to be preventing your progress, prosperity. You will break through. Go to the next level. This is what I've been hearing the Lord saying to me personally. Go to the next level. One way to do that is to, let me just, I've got much else to say here, but time will not permit us. Just quickly, let's just speak prophetically to you. One way in which the Lord told me this, this week was to up our financial giving. One of the keys. To break out, to leave, listen carefully. Who is sick and tired of being sick and tired? Who's sick and tired of being broke? Who's sick and tired of, 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 of struggling at month end? Right? Every day can be payday for us. I really believe it. Who feels good on payday? Hey, who feels like a spring in your step on payday? Money comes, money comes into your bank, your joy level skyrockets. Who wants to feel like that consistently? Now listen carefully. I don't want to be charismatic about this. I don't want to just boost your emotion up for the sake of having a good meeting, etc. I believe this is going to become our reality. The Lord said to us, okay, you want to break out of that domain and you want, you want to start to have signs in your life of a progression Tell your neighbor this is a process. But listen carefully. Once you're on the path, keep being obedient and don't veer off the path. 
don't like hit a detour and come back to the place from which you left. Right? And one thing the Lord's been saying to us is raise the level of your contributions. Raise the level of your offerings. Be faithful in your tithings. Be faithful in your first fruits. No matter what is going on in your mind, no matter what the needs are in the flesh, be faithful to the principle. And I want to encourage you, if you're going to break out to the next level of reception, you have to first break out of the next level of giving. Say that again. It comes to me now, this phrase. I believe it's the Holy Ghost. If you're going to break into the next level of reception, you need to break out from the previous phase of giving. Because you only receive as you, you only receive as you, as you give. And I want to encourage you, no matter how pressing the, the issues are in your life, honor the principle, honor God. I want to say it again, I hear the Holy Spirit. If you want to break out of, or if you want to break up into the next higher place of abundant reception for your provision, you need to first consciously leave and depart from the previous place of your giving. Hmm? I know this is going to be challenging. I know this is going to be heavy for some of you. But unless, some of you have already done it. I've seen this in your lives. Some of you have already said, we'll obey the principle to break into the next place of financial reception. I need to leave the previous place of financial giving because as I give, so I receive. Uh, Chris was in the spirit when he said, do something in the natural. Obey it and see the ramification that's going to take place in your, in your spirit. I'm longing for the day when I can give a million rand away. Who wants that? I'm saying, God, the level of my giving, it might be in the hundreds for now. Maybe some of you, the level of giving hit the thousands. Some of you, the tens of thousands. And fifty thousands. There's a level of breakthrough that's going to be, I just sense this. I didn't plan to say this. I sense this in the spirit as I drew this initially. God is saying, leave the confines of this limitation. There's a place called prosperity where all your, where all your, your, your life's decisions will not be based on finances, but just on hearing my will, hearing my my word. Hmm? And I declare over your lives that you're all going to come into a new place of reception. Because you're going to prosper as your soul prospers. And you know, obey everything I've said. Tell your neighbor, just listen to him. Just listen. Just do the little things I've been asking you, particularly over the past few isms, the most recent teachings. Just listen carefully. Position yourself and just do it. Hear what the Bible says. What does it say? Listen to the Lord God, you'll be established. Listen to His prophet and you will prosper. What does it say? In, 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 remember that saga where Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the enemy and he wanted the word of the Lord and the prophet revealed to him, put the singers and musicians in front. The prophet stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord, this is the strategy for the, this battle. Put the singers in front, let them go. And you know the story, God gave them victory. But before they obey, you know what the prophet says, I'm about to suggest something that might seem so foolish. It might seem like military suicide. 
especially with the singers. Who'd like to be a violinist? And I said, no, we'll put you right in front because that's what the Lord said to us. The battle for this strategy is you be first and you go face the, the, <laughs> the heavy armory against you. That's why the prophet, before he said it, he said, now, listen to the Lord God and you will be established. But listen to his prophets and you're going to prosper today. Hmm? So I want to encourage you. Tell your neighbor, listen and prosper. Prosperity is always about listening, obeying. I want to say it again. I don't think of the statement, I really believe God has, has, is speaking to us. If you want to break into the next place of reception, break out from the previous place of your giving. Break out. Unless you don't, that level will never be accessible to you. Because you only receive based upon what you give. Amen? Amen. Put your, hand, put your notes down. Stand up. Let's pick up your hands as we conclude. Amen? As so much more. We'll talk more on Friday when we meet. Study the note. I want to encourage you if you want to read ahead. Yes, by all means, read ahead. Study the note. Imbibe the, 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 the scriptures into your heart and into your, and into your life. Um, tell someone next to you, my name, let me give you my example. My name is Randolph Prosperous Barnwell. Introduce yourself. <laughs> um, now, just say this to somebody else, not the same person. Just say, I, I want you to meet the new me <laughs> and introduce yourself. I want to reintroduce myself to you. I want to reintroduce myself. Renee Barnwell. I want to meet you. So glad to meet you. I am your husband, Randolph, very prosperous Barnwell. Amen. And you are? Extremely prosperous Barnwell. <laughs> Amen. Everyone say obedience is the key. Two things I want you to leave with this morning. Obedience is the key and do something physically to break out. Break out, break forth, break through. Amen. No word. You know what the Bible says? No word of mine shall return to me void. I like the King James. But it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I've sent it. The word prospers when the word prospers within you. You know, I like verses like that because prosperity is bound up with the very word itself. My word will not return void. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I have said it. So do this action. Just say, I embrace prosperity. I accept it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to push it away. It's part of my destiny. It's part of who I am. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I'm intelligent. I prosper in all respects, relationally, physically, materially, uh, whatever. And tell you that and every other expression. <laughs> I'm just prosperous. Now, one thing before I go, uh, before we, 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 we wrap up, say this to your neighbor. Start being the picture of prosperity. Have a haircut if you have to. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm saying, I just feel the thing that Chris said is in my mind constantly as I'm speaking to you. He said, do something in the natural. Right? If your, if your cross is looking untidy at home, you go today 
it, it, it might be a, a small house, but you make that small piece of real estate you got the best that you can make it. People come to your house, say, wow. And it's not just about what is there, it's about the cleanliness. It's about the picture you present to the world. If your car is dirty today, go home and wash it today in Jesus' name. Say, I, ca- I can't be, I can't be this prosperous person. And people say, oh, you're prosperous, check your car. It doesn't have to be the kind of car. You know what, I, I said this to you on Thursday, I was so blessed. I went to Dr. Segi's meeting. And you know what Dr. Segi preached out? Prosperity on, on Thursday. Sean was there. He used the scripture in, in Psalms where it says, The set time to favor Zion has come. So he said, if you, it's not about time as in Kronos. He says, it's a perpetual state where if you can just model Zion, you live in a spatial sphere of existence called set time and favor. Right? And you know what he said this to us? He said, he's sick and tired of X millionaires wanting to join his church. <laughs> That's typical Dr. Siggy statement. He says, they come to me, Pastor, I was a millionaire. He said he's trusting God. He says for what we have to do in the nations, we're going to have to be extremely wealthy. Right? He said this to us. I'm sick and tired of my own sons in the back of the queue. He's making a proverbial statement. They, They can't be in the back of the queue all the time. Right? And he said, I'm trusting God for heavenly prejudice. I like that term. You know, charismatic preachers say unfair, favors unfair, yeah? unfair favor, unfair advantage, yeah? unfair advantage. And he, said, and he actually stopped and he said, Lord, please just show us some heavenly prejudice. You know, take us some, and you know what he said this, if you're in the queue for your grant, and you're in the back of the line, favor is not when somebody 10 steps ahead in the queue gives up their place for you. And you come in the front of the queue, I've got favor. He says, no, you're still in the same queue. You're still in the grand queue. No matter where you are in the line. And he said this, we've been measuring ourselves by progress we've been making, but we're still in the same queue. He said we need to get out of the queue and get into a new queue, but in the front. Amen? So I decree a new queue for you. Amen? Blessing untold. But please just remember the principle, obedience. Amen? So you can do something natural, right? Don't be ostentatious now. and You're just doing things for show. Please do not get in the flesh about this. I say this seriously. Don't get in the flesh about this. Do things to assert the quality of life that God has promised you in the Spirit. And please remember there's a purpose for this, which we'll talk about later. Keep the purpose in mind. This is not for self-indulgent, etc. Now, lift up your hands and pray. Father, we just thank you for this word. I pray that your blessing will come upon us, overtake us, as your word has declared. The plowman will overtake the reaper, declares the Lord. The treader of grapes, him who sows seed. And I will compress seasons of harvest that were previously earmarked for two separate dispensations. The Lord says, I will compress them in one. In one moment, I will give you the former and the latter rain in the same month. 
two different seasons, two different harvests, but you will get them in the same month. Do not say there are four months to harvest, declares the Lord. Do not postpone this reality, for I am ready to perform my word in your day. And Jesus got into the boat in Mark 14. The Bible says he got in and immediately they won the other side. There was no sign in the scripture as to a rowing process. Got into the boat and immediately. Father, we, we thank you that we're going to have this immediately moment. No rowing in the flesh. No expression of human sweat. But simple positioning ourselves. We are going to attain this thing sooner and faster than we realize. So in the spirit we leave, we depart from the place of lack. We depart from the place of our previous levels of giving because we want to access a greater level of reception. You've been good to us thus far. And so we lift up our hands to say thank you. Come on, just, just thank him for a few seconds. Thank you. Let gratitude overwhelm your heart. We thank you for being with us thus far. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for taking care of my family. Thank you that our daily needs are always provided for. I bless you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, your graciousness, your forbearance. Thank you for your patience with me. Thank you for your long-suffering. Thank you that you don't deal with me as my sins deserve, but you are merciful in all of your doings with me. But now, come on now. So begin to thank the Lord for the next level now. Thank Him. Go higher. Thank you for what you've done. But I thank you for what is to come. Thank you. For those, oh God, that don't own their own homes, I thank you that they will be homeowners. For those that have no jobs, they will have significant jobs. For those that are trusting you for elevation in the workplace, they will have promotions, increase, blessing, favor, all of these things in the name of the Lord. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The hand of the Lord shall do it in the name of the Lord. We declare this done in Jesus' name. Amen.